0: so we did run into some technical difficulties last week so if anybody who follows yep always um but anybody who follows us on social media should know that already so if anything seems weird or out of place by date or we sound like we're talking in past tense when we should be talking in present just know it's that the gremlins (laughs) got us it's a problem it's gonna be fine everything will be fine and uh, just enjoy the show No, <laughs> we have the puppers playing, and they're not gonna stop. And now it's I can't even spray long, them because there's equipment everywhere.
1: Been a lo- oh, it's like they know. It's yep. been a long day of a long week. Yep, and it's only Tuesday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great, except it's Thursday for you. For me, know them. Oh, the people listening. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, that's how long a week has been, guys. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's our birthday week. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Sam's is tomorrow. Mine is Saturday. Wish us a happy birthday, you fools. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that would be fun to say. Honey, if you love me,
1: you'll (laughs) wish me happy birthday.
0: No, but actually, though. um, Yeah. We'll probably go out for a little bit tomorrow.
1: Stop. They know right what you... Oh, it's your feet. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't be licking those either, but I thought he had a bone on top of the wire. Oh, no. The bones have all disappeared.
0: Oh. I imagine diamonds hid them. Ah. Because they kept fighting over them. Well, that's fair enough then. Yes. But yeah, so we'll probably go out for, you know, drinks tomorrow. There's nothing too huge only because it's in the middle of the week. And then Saturday to a wildlife reservation. That'll be fun. We're going to Revels. Yes. Under the hill. Yes. With the red caps. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure they're invited. We'll see how we're feeling that day. <laughs> Get in touch with your inner party goblin, Jess. I am. I'm not in touch with my inner murder goblin, <laughs> Sam. Jeez Louise. Murder, see, Sasha's on my side. Good time.
1: <laughs> tomato, tomato. Um, actually, Amanda sent me a text because the magic the gathering card she got the um fairy tale mm-hmm. deck remind so, the audience who Amanda is oh that's my little sister <laughs> they should know because they've diligently listened to every
0: episode <laughs> of which she's been a guest twice <laughs> um right guys so <laughs> if not go back and listen we know that there's new people in like Dublin I think so go check that out oh people yeah in thank absolutely. you
1: absolutely Your creatures are all over those episodes. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: So you specifically go listen to those ones.
1: Actually, pause this one, go listen to those ones, and then come back.
0: okay so anyway the magic the gathering yeah, so, cards
1: so it was a fairy tale deck so they had uh, red caps and they oh. also had one that was like beastly noble and was clearly kind of a knockoff of the the disney beast from beauty and the beast but it, that's fine because it's yeah. still a fairy tale can and you ask um, her
0: which pack this was because i'd like to get it for me and yeah Zach to play. actually
1: let, let me see i think i have the message on here still Please listen to this fun internet music while we load your message. Bam 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 da 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 da. How's that even comfortable? Let's see. Newest Magic the Gathering set has red caps. It's centered all around fairy tales and Arthurian legend. The guy based on Arthur looks exactly like the one in Monty Python.
0: That is so fun. And she
1: didn't send me that one. How rude. Uh. I said, is this a fairy tale pack? She says it's mixed fairy tales and Arthurian legend. So uh, she says it's mixed fairy tales and Arthurian legend.
0: Well, that's fun. Definitely have to look for that one.
1: Yeah. I'll ask her
0: later because she's probably in bed now. Um, <laughs> we'll throw up some pictures on the Instagram. Yeah.
1: If there's a more specific title, she'll yeah. let us know for sure. Um,.
0: So yeah. We should probably introduce ourselves.
1: Oh, what here in the, the fairy, tale fairy tale menagerie,
0: menagerie. <laughs> with your hosts
1: Samantha Figueroa
0: and Jess McDonald. Woo woo woo! Yeah, Ehaw.
1: Special guests today: Sasha and Puck.
0: Mostly Sasha's butt. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I mean, Puck's doing his best here. Also, that's his butt too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, now that everything's weird, should we be- begin? Yes. Okay.
1: So you've been hanging on to some very special creatures. Yes. I've
0: wanted to talk to the, about these ones for a couple of weeks now, but, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, shows come out that we wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So here I am finally bringing these ones to you. So I wanted to talk about um, a couple of Islamic beings. In a previous episode, I had talked about the Perry um, and her story. So if you want to go back and check that one out, um it's it's a really great story, but so I wanted to talk about Perry and Jin today. Um, I love Jin. Me too. <laughs> They're so fun, and Jin is also a great time. Bring it to every party. Bring both to every party. Honestly, honestly, a few of a few of each. Uh, but yeah. So I guess um I can't decide which one I want to start with. I guess I'll start with the perry since that was the one I already did a story about. So we'll we'll knock okay. that one out first. Um, so the perry started in Persian and Armenian mythologies, but then the is- Islamic faith, as it transformed, um, brought them in as benevolent spirits. Okay, is that
1: similar to like kind of the amalgamations we get in like uh, England and Ireland with Kinda, certain yeah, so it was, certain like fairy folklore pulling in and and saints that were pagan exactly so first.
0: As, as the as the uh, religion organized in the area it drew from the different myths that they had going on um so these spirits are both benevolent but also mischievous because mm-hmm. why not you know they got to be and they were denied entry into paradise until they atoned for sins they'd committed
1: this is still the Perry.
0: Yes. Okay. Um. So, I don't know. I think that's an interesting way to bring in a folklore character into a religion. Like, to really incorporate yeah. what they're there for and why they're here. Because they also
1: do... Sorry, I know I'm doing this like twice already. You're not even five minutes in. But they also do that with... Um, there's a story about the origin of fairies and there are two there's one where the origin of fairies are the children of eve that like didn't tidy up and so she hid them when god came to visit and he was like well if i can't see them then no one can and so they became like the little the the little invisible fairy people um or one where when uh satan fell and and they were having the the battle of good and evil and everything um some of them hid or didn't pick a side and then came out at the end like yay you won and god was like well you didn't help out so you're gonna be small and winged down on earth and right And then um, one of the ideas is part of the reason we don't see them as much anymore is because they've either committed to one or the other place. And so we just don't see as many of them anymore because they either finally won back the grace uh, or really committed (laughs) to to the other one. Um, But I think it's cool that. East and West both have a similar
0: oh definitely thing like
1: that's always fascinating to me when you're like oh wait a second
0: well honestly the only way for a religion to prosper is to pull from the other faiths and ideas around right. them because you have to give people something recognizable that they want to hold on to right um but yeah so let's see Perry's oh. Perrys were the target of a lower-level evil being called Divs or Deva. Mm, yeah. I'm familiar with those. Um, and the Divs persecuted them by locking them in iron cages. This persecution was brought about by, as the Divs perceived it, the Perry's lack of, self, of sufficient self-esteem to join the rebellion against perversion. So, so they were already in trouble for... From, you know, God. They're already right. in trouble from God, so they can't go to heaven. But then the divs put them in iron cages for not also fighting against the perversion while they're here.
1: I mean that it sounds like a bad excuse on the divs part from over here. Yes. Yep. But like it it sounds like you made that up a little bit. Or yeah. or like, what exactly is perversion? Because there's uh one of the stories that we've covered before that's an Armenian folklore has the div as more of like an ogre and he captures um, the prince and then the queen has to go well I guess they're queen and king now but then she has to go and and break his ass out of <laughs> jail and the only way he survived in order to send her a message was because he had a skill because she says I don't want no scrub like, like right right so it's really interesting that these divs do these really horrible things but they're under the guise of like well you need to be under the guise of well you need to be more industrious right I mean, I wonder where we've heard that before. But anyhow. (laughs) No, and it's it's very interesting that they have a whole creature, an ogre-like creature devoted to that idea.
0: And I I like that because that is an issue through the ages. There's always people like that. But I also like the distinction that it's a persecution. It's Mm -hmm. not... They didn't say it was justifiable or that this was something that should be happening to the Perrys, but this is what them divs did.
1: Right. And it (laughs) makes like... Uh, instead of having a monster that's an other and then we're like oh shoot well let's not do that because we don't want to like divide there's always no matter your uh region race creed religion there's always going to be hypocrites there's always going to be those people who think they know better and go too far and they get to be monsters too so like to, to have a creature for to personify that is really cool yeah it's and just, really
0: fun it's like oh wait I still get to have ogres because I can actually, be anybody I think it'd be really good if a cartoon like Hilda if you wanted to pull this up mm-hmm. grab one of those monsters have it act exactly that way it would be a good lesson to reillustrate for some kids I wonder if
1: American Dragon Jake Long ever pulled from that.
0: Oh, we'll have to check that out. They, I bet you they would have.
1: Yeah, I know they did a Kelpie one episode and we were all excited. So I don't see why they wouldn't have pulled from some of those other some some of the other Eastern uh creatures too. Because right. they've got a lot of really good ones.
0: Right, no. That oh. Well, I hope so That was such a fun show. It really was. Um but yeah, so I, I hope some show brings it back another additional time. Um, so after Islam had come come through and and changed them around a bit, some of the words got a little minced. So parries were just considered was synonymous with being a good jinn. Okay. And then um, the bad counterpart became the div. So they kind of started to mash the different pieces together just a little bit because, you know, as things grow and change. So
1: that's how we get the fun loving genies that we know that we refer to as genies.
0: Right, exactly. So they would have been the Perry side of it and then the divs would be the, well, the bad genie side. There's bad genies out there. We've got some shows.
1: I mean, I'm flashing back to I Dream of Genie when you go back into the world she's in. It really is like they really kind of for the time and place they're showing they show some of the the mishaps and then they show some of the people who are really good and then some of the people who are not so good and like you they really do try to incorporate some of that
0: no Um, absolutely
1: they try a lot they did try a lot in that show like it it's still a product of its time right but there was especially towards the end a lot of progression so like they did They did try. They
0: did try and they learned and changed with the times as they went on.
1: Yep, because one of the later episodes, they're like locking up her evil twin sister and Captain Bells is like, you can't put your wife in the closet. And it's like we get to see them act as a team so we know they're okay. But even in the show, they're like, you can't do that. (laughs) And she eventually gets like a job and everything. And he's always uncomfortable with her. Calling him master. Anyway, I loved that show. I grew up with it. And so I'm always a little defensive of it. But I do genuinely think they tried to implement some
0: of those elements. No, absolutely. Um, And then so if I didn't explain what they look like, um, Perry's are beautiful female spirits created by God after they after the vicious divs were created. Um, And they mostly believe in God and are benevolent to mankind. Are they always female? It seems that way, and I have not encountered a male Perry story in my searches. It doesn't mean there isn't one out there, but it seems like they're always women. Okay. I
1: mean, I think that's something that happens a little bit with angels sometimes, too. Like
0: uh, Originally, angels were all thought to be male, and then the imagery started to become female as the ages went on right and then like
1: um sometimes people will point out they're actually supposed to be um uh androgynous right right uh but yeah i remember growing up in angel it's like oh well it's a woman first of all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then you start to, like, talk about um, people being cast as being angels, and then that comes kind of back into the co-ed area, but... Right. That, it just kind of reminds me of that. It's really interesting that they also have, like, okay, well, everything good and beautiful is feminine, and everything bad is uh, these
0: ogres. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um... So they're thought to punish hunters in the mountains who are disrespectful and waste resources. Okay. And I like it's the especially the waste resources part. It's like <laughs> you're not being careful with what the like what God has given you in this earth. Like I mean, it sounds like you're part Perry, honestly.
1: I know. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> that um, wasn't
1: even part of the actual myth, was it? You just added it in. <laughs> you know.
0: Or I created the myth by being. <laughs> whoa man (laughs) too deep (laughs) must go back um okay and so also they carry away young humans for social calls (laughs) so that's fun they're just like hey you (laughs) want a party the cutest cutest way of saying they kidnap kids no (laughs) no but i think the way it's written out i think they really do just come up and they're like want to hang out (laughs) <laughs> oh well, I was
1: thinking of the other story, so I
0: was figuring they were oh, just uh, snatching,
1: snatching guys for. She a, did go
0: out and snatch a hubby. Well, he snatched back.
1: Fair, <laughs> <laughs> but also I'm dead now. <laughs> Same. Um. um. <laughs> yeah, no. When you said social call, I was like, wow, that's.
0: Well, they did that's what also- I'm going to call
1: all my Tinder dates from now on. <laughs>
0: well, some of it is the stories, like the one I told in the previous episode, and some of it really is like more like fairies taking the humans off to revels. Okay. And since, I mean, they can be mischievous, like silly yeah. things are going to happen at those revels, but they do also just kind of want to party party with their human counterparts, which, that's fun. Oh, we can party. Also, every region in the world can agree that you want a beautiful being to come out of the woods and say hey bruh want a (laughs) party that is a universal truth I'm just saying you remember that point in
1: college where you got like proper properly drunk no one was getting sick like like you got properly drunk with your friends and you were like dang has the government discovered (laughs) beer like I feel like if they I feel like all, they should try it. If they all sat down with a beer, they could
0: pass some bills. <laughs> we should write to them and let them know. <laughs> yes, everybody's reached that moment. These are both universal truths. Um
1: But yeah, so for all the folklores, it's just sort of like, why haven't we just had one universal party right. and solved all of our problems?
0: We'll uh, we'll have to call up a Perry, have her invite us, get everybody in there, and then everything will be fine. a Perry squad. Perry squad. (gasps) Take it region by region. I'm deceased. I need a drink. (laughs) Hang on. Yes, region by region. We'll grab a few, get everybody together, and it'll all be sorted out. And then, so this is my last bit on Perry's... um, before we move into the djinn, and I just like this part that I found because it reads more like a horoscope than anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, I'm down. So marriage, although possible, is considered undue in Islamic lore because humans, impatient and distrustful, relationship between humans and parries will probably break up. <laughs> Thank you, astrology.com. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard that about
1: very specific couple. And I know at least one of them is a Libra because it was something (laughs) having to do with my sign and another. But it went just like that. It was like, they'll have a good time for a little while, but ultimately are doomed. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fantastic. Like, who thought to write that out? (laughs) Probably someone whose day job is writing horoscopes. You know what? That's and then it. they just went on to wikipedia for funsies
0: <laughs> and everyone's like yeah How did that's you know legit? i wikipedia sam putting me that's on that's what blast. i use <laughs> i love wikipedia my professor said wikipedia is fine so it better be okay for you all too
1: um i mean it's cited. you can go back and find the sources
0: right exactly
1: Sometimes I find more information. It's just a good jumping off
0: Well, yeah, because also it gives you a good detailed outline, and then you can drill into any of the footnotes. And also if a, footlo- a footnote leads you back to the Wikipedia page, you know this part probably wasn't true and will be gone soon. Uh, right. It's, yeah. So anyway, uh, we are not sponsored by Wikipedia, but we <laughs> would like to be. <laughs> so that brings us to the Gin. All right, where are the olives? <laughs> um, but there's, So they're really fun and interesting. There, there's all sorts of facts that I've got pulled up here, so let's see if I can get through all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were created from fire and smokeless fire, and they're neither an angel nor a demon, but something in between.
1: Fire and
0: smokeless fire? There is a special... Magical fire that does not create smoke that helped create the gin. Interesting. Right? Because also you I'm always really see trying them coming to out it in out. like a puff of smoke in the beginning. Like in the, yeah. like the more Western imagery it, of, right. the, of a genie. But still like the smoke seems so inherent as a part to me that they're right. created with smokeless fire. I'm like, huh.
1: Well, also regular fire. Right. So right. The smoke could still be a, a component.
0: Okay, so, in addition mm-hmm. to be created from fire and smokeless fire, they're also similar to humans in that they eat, have children, and die, and they're subjected to heaven or hell based on their deeds. Um, they're not immortal. They just have an extremely long lifespan. So,
1: almost like the Eastern version of elves. Yeah. yeah. So, they're like, But, like, an elf and a giant and a dwarf all mixed together, personality-wise, not, yeah. not like, physicality, but, right. like, personality-wise, because they can be grumpy but they can also be kind
0: and they can also live forever and they can also do all the other things that people do right exactly um so also similar to some some western ideas they fear iron Ooh, okay um they live in desolate and abandoned places and they're much faster than humans um a lot of people even attribute them with the ability to instantaneously travel okay which checks out, because I think, yeah. like, in Charmed, the genie is able to, like, blink places, which is, uh, I mean, fast travel, basically. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, like, uh, when Aladdin's like, he probably couldn't get us out of this cave, and they shooting Star out, and he's like, I technically didn't wish that.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so they can be summoned as a soothsayer or to help carrying out a bidding, so okay. kind of similar to the eastern idea or the Western idea of the genie, they they do mm-hmm. carry out some, some biddings and help out here and there. Um, but on the flip side, the less pleasant side, they are thought to cause disease and mental illness, um, and they're also thought to be the cause of sleep, para- sleep paralysis. So everybody on the internet who's like, this is my sleep paralysis demon, no, the gin is. That's it. <laughs> You're done. Well,
1: <laughs> actually... For all we think of genies as fun things in Western culture with, like, Aladdin, we do also have, There was like, a Goosebumps with a genie, and there are also other genie things where they- Wishmaster are, was a thing. Yeah, where they are, like, okay, you make a wish, but something else is going to happen almost like a monkey paw deal. like right. Like, something else is going to happen to mess it up, well, so.
0: Well, aside from Disney's Aladdin, most genies in everything that I know, it's, like, yeah, you got your wish, but also we robbed it from that poor family down the street. So, yeah, you can pay your mortgage, but they're going to die now. Right.
1: Or it's from a bank and right. they just caught you and right. think you stole the money. And Exactly. Yep. Um, there was a choose your own adventure goosebumps with a genie. Oh, and there was I miss one, goosebumps so much. There was one where you could say, I wish you were my mom. What? And the genie becomes your mom. Is that a to, good thing or a bad thing? I want to. Well, then it depends on what you choose. I mean, it all most of them go south, but I, like, yeah, I figured because now the genie's your mom, right? But um, I'll have to find that one because I think that's still one of my favorite Choose Your Own Adventures. That and the weird alien one that like my mom had as a kid.
0: Well, you'll definitely have to find that one because yeah. I'd like to read that. That sounds so silly and so great. We could read it on the air. That would be great. Patreon content. Yep. Find us on Patreon. Shameless plug. <laughs> Goodbye. No. Um, so just a little bit more about the jinn and then we'll move into mm-hmm. Sam's side. So, um, the other sour thing that they could do is possess humans, and there were ex exorcism rituals specifically for jinns in the Islamic faith.
1: I mean, it's good to know that everything comes across equal. Well, like
0: because I mean, I guess the one thing is, is that most exorcisms and demon possessions, it turns out somebody had really bad schizophrenia and was untreated. That's not only happening over, over in the Western side, that's happening in the Eastern side too. So they would still have to find an answer for that.
1: Right. That, that's true. Um, someone's acting differently from normal. Right. Exactly. A woman is speaking out.
0: Listen. (laughs) I will fight all of what you just said.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the changelings, too. Right. But like, absolutely. She's not my wife anymore. Why? Because she stopped taking your shit? Right. L- like, because she told you
0: she didn't want you speaking to her that way. <laughs> yep. Um. So this was an interesting fact that I found in there. And that was that. During the Rwandan genocide, neither side attacked mosques because they believed they were protected by ferocious djinn that would see tr- seek revenge. Wow. That was really recent. Yeah, yeah. That was, I, I want to say, within the past 20 years. I don't know years very well, but it was It was very recent. And Right. I mean, that certainly didn't make it into ho- Hotel Rwanda. I kind of wish it had, though, because that's so interesting. That would be like... Um a war
1: today or, or a genocide okay that'd be like in world war Two if uh the nazis avoided certain churches or notre dame because they thought the gargoyles were going to attack them like right. like right exactly i mean i'm glad they didn't attack the mosques i'm glad they still see them as places that are protected spiritually right it shows some humanity still left in them which It's hard
0: in in war and genocide to find. Right. But they are still humans, so they are going to have that element somewhere.
1: It's just also interesting in this day and age where it's nobody was like, what what have you been smoking? Like, like they were like,
0: nope, you're right. We're going to go around over here. And that's also, it reminds me a little bit, since we've been watching MASH and everything, um... It reminds me about the idea that in a war nobody attacks the hospitals. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, it goes against the rules of war, but what do you want to do if you wanna hurt somebody? You attack the hospital, you attack the church. I'm not saying that is what you no. should do, but if you really wanted to hurt the people, that is what you're gonna do. Right. But if you think Jinn are in there, right. if you think gin are in there you and they're up. gonna come after you, you're not gonna do it and it's just, it, I just thought that was fascinating and never heard it before. Um, oh, s- can we get, he stole the little rap from the cord. I'm going to put it back on the cord. Yep. Okay. Um, and so it was also said that the prophets um, were sent not only to the humankind, they were also sent to the jinn communities So like Muhammad and Solomon both went over to the jinn communities to let them know what they had found and what they had heard, which I think that's really cool because they are human-esque. So they would still need to hear the word of God in this version. And I like that a lot.
1: It kind of made the, the folklorist brain <laughs> worrying. I'm like, okay, so who were the djinn? Like, like right. when you have uh, in the Bible when they talk about like when he would, when Jesus would go and talk to the Samaritans and they're like, what? The Samaritans? We don't even like them. Um, but he was like, no, I'd spur everybody. And also I'm going to include Gentiles. And they're like, what? Gentiles? We don't even like them. <laughs> 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 what? They're going to go over and talk to the djinn? We don't even like them. Okay, that's the third time,
0: so. <laughs> but, but it's interesting because it, I think people did like the gin, at least insofar oh, okay. as they're helping them. So then when you boil it back down right. to the Perry versus the Div side, if it, if they're a parry, you like them. Yep. That that sort of an idea. Um, but you did get, like,
1: good and bad with the gin, right? Right. They, they probably wouldn't all be favorites.
0: Oh, no. They're, they're definitely not all good. They're... They're less benevolent than the Perry are for sure. So when it doesn't get when it doesn't get minced down in certain areas to Perry versus Div, Jin themselves are just good or bad. And you know, there's the gray area, right. Jin too, of course, because they're they're mostly human. They right. just have extra special gifts about them, kind of a thing.
1: There was a mini mini series of. Um the thousand and one nights. And I can't remember if they called it that or if they called it Arabian Nights. It might have been 1001 Arabian Nights actually. But um there's this really awesome mini series where the king and they show that part of the reason the king keeps divorcing or executing the wives is because he's going through mental things and they show how when she tells the stories they help and give the lessons. And in the end, in the final battle, he's using stuff from the stories in the battle. It's so freaking cute. Oh, that's
0: like, awesome. Like, So they
1: do Aladdin uh, or Alibaba and they have open sesame. And at one point he needs to get through. And so he takes the the scimitar and hits through the side of the tent. And as he does it, he goes, open sesame. And then he like goes through the tent. But they still make it look really manly. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so they really make it look like a grown couple that actually helped and grew each other and took the time to understand each other right and um help each other mostly her with him because he was the one going through the thing but i mean
0: he did go do heroic acts after those so right so at the end of the day that helps her too (laughs) right right just right yes
1: um But in that, the point I was trying to make is they do the Aladdin where there are two genies. There's one of the lamp and one of like the bottle Mm -hmm. and the, or the ring. Um, and they gave them very distinct personalities. And the one of the ring was a little bit bigger and a little more, um, kind of mouse like and, but he was very happy to help and all this stuff. But he was also like a little timid, not like cowardly, but like a little timid, um, and then they had the other guy who was big and he was like this and he had the 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 singed kind of fingertips and he was like, oh, like like wish for something and he wishes for something that's still pretty grand for a peasant. And he goes, oh, that's all I could. Build you this and do this and do this. And and he was like, no, we, we just want that. He goes, oh, no imagination. And he'd be all, oh, grumpy and stuff. And I think at the end, when Aladdin tries to free them, the I think the genie of the bottle goes, but he's just like, what would I do if I was free? Get a fat wife. who will talk to me all the time. Like, none, nah. and, <laughs> and she says something about like, well, the genie of the lamp was always a contrarian or something <laughs> like they really they make they give you a, a really like really nice. Kind of shy one who can still do all this cool stuff. and say, like, yeah, cool. I can still do cool stuff. And then they give you this other one that's like, oh my gosh, you have no imagination. This and that. What if you just do this? Nah, I'm good. Like they make him really grumpy, and it kind of shows the range.
0: Oh, that's so that fun. they can
1: um do.
0: Oh, I like that a
1: lot. We'll have to look for that and watch it together. No, definitely. That was a really good one.
0: Like something I'd really be interested in watching. That and I want to find The Tenth Kingdom and rewatch that. I don't know if you ever saw that. What's that that one? It was a 10-part miniseries, all full of folklore, all full of fantasy, and it was just my favorite growing up. We definitely need to watch that one. We need to have like another
1: Mists of Avalon day where we go through
0: the... Well, we've got some gray days coming pretty soon that will be perfect yeah. for that. Yeah, Beautiful. absolutely. Um, so then, closing thoughts on the djinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a fun little tidbit that angels were created on Wednesday, djinn were created on Thursday, and humans were created on Friday. All right. So the djinn are responsible for Thirsty Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> because they're Woo-hoo! an incarnation of a pun. Um. And then the last part is that um, once the early Islamic d- development came about, jinn was demoted from a deity to a lower-level spirit to re- reinforce monotheism. So before, oh, okay, they, prior they had in the a... stories; they were way more elevated. And then when, when I mean, they're moving towards one single god. They, they right. demoted them a little bit, and I think that's why they're much more humanoid as well. Right, because you already have angels are already like covering something and instead of competing with that you take an even further step down right
1: I wonder if they were something like um the Greek gods too where maybe they had uh or well actually I guess I guess also similar to the pagan gods from what we know where they had like distinct but also very human like qualities Mm -hmm. I think that's a random thought I had the other day at work where I was just like how would I even do in like ancient Greece because I I know you would grow up with it and so you'd be used to it just I do also figure there'd come a point where I'm like but they're so like us it's like fine turn me into a frog I'm tired of your shit (laughs) (laughs) you know like like if we turn on the one all-knowing one I can only imagine what I'm gonna do with the You cheated on your husband.
0: I don't know why you're looking cross-eyed at me. You won't call yourself wise. You turned a rape victim into a serpent-headed freak. You got mad over a golden apple. Like what? I'm done with all of you. Go to your room. Don't you storm up those stairs. No lightning in the house. And this, the roles reverse and suddenly we're the deities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do wonder if maybe they, they kept the more human-like qualities because maybe the deities that they were before were similar. That could in, be a in thing. In that had they had some of those human qualities to explain the different relations and things that...
0: No, yeah, absolutely. And if anybody has any source material on... Jin or perry that could maybe teach me about the deities they used to be and that kind of a thing please point it out i would really love to read more because i am fascinated by these now yes yeah um so yeah now it's sam's turn
1: so i am pretty excited by this so i've been wanting to do uh this novella for a little while because it predates it's a vampire novel well novella but a vampire tale and it predates Dracula by 26 years uh it actually starts the female vampire and female uh, well lesbian would be female anyway (laughs) (laughs) lesbian vampire genre um again this predates Dracula so it's not in the time where they were looked upon fondly um I still think she's a badass bitch, and and I think there are a lot of other things to enjoy about it, but I think it's good to get that out there at the beginning. Um, So I'm covering Carmilla by... uh, Sorry, I have to look his name up again. (laughs) Didn't (laughs) write it down after the last time. I remember his last name because La Fanu is funny. Uh, Joseph Sheridan La Fanu, or Le Fanu. Um, So yeah, so he's uh, pretty well regarded in the gothic... uh, horror novella genre um so even though to modern times it can be a little problematic it is very much product of its time right of course. um and I think the writing itself and the character development is still very good and it could totally be updated like I love Carmilla the way I love Cersei like it's just right. I do love her there's a lot going on she's just a great villain
0: gotta love an evil Kinda gross lady who just owns it, right? And she's she's just a badass bitch. <laughs> so, so
1: we start out uh, with our heroine of the tale telling the story. Her name is Laura, and she basically lives alone in a semi-deserted castle with her father, her governess, and basically like a, a finishing governess. So I guess that's a little more like a, a teacher. Um, And they have servants, but that makes up the main household, is those four. So, uh, Laura's pretty excited. They have a neighbor at a neighboring castle a ways off, uh, who also has a daughter. I think she's an adopted daughter, like a ward kind of deal. And they're supposed to come and visit. (laughs) Wasn't sure what they were going to do. Um... So they're supposed to come and visit and Laura is very excited to have a playmate and someone to uh, another girl her age to chat and bond with, uh, which is fair. Yeah, it's it's it really is a kind of deserted castle. Um, the village is that a ways off the um, they're clearly very educated. Uh her father is from England but she's never been to England so they try to speak English to keep up but they're mostly speaking the language of the area and um and they're looking forward to the general uh coming with his ward to, to be her playmate uh instead they get a letter from the general saying that his daughter has passed away
0: well that's unfortunate
1: <laughs> quite the disappointment <laughs> Um, he says his daughter has passed away, and uh, he says he can't come to visit himself partly because of grief, and also partly because he is going to chase down the fiend who they he alludes to letting his innocence in through the front door and it betraying him. So he's going to chase the fiend who has caused the death of his daughter. So he's gonna go full ne- Liam Neeson. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Good. I. I like to picture this general as Liam Neeson actually. It's it's a good look for the time period and everything. It's all painted
0: for me <laughs> now. I'm very
1: glad. <laughs> Perfect. He has a certain spe- set of special skills. <laughs> and he's going to avenge his daughter. But so be- so they he even says in his letter that he's distracted they chalk a lot of this up to grief brain they're very sorry for their friend they're very disappointed that they're not going to have the lovely visit they were supposed to have when a carriage comes racing up to the front door loses a wheel over the the root of a branch and this lady in velvet comes out and is like I'm on this very important trip it's going to take me three months my daughter is horribly ill and I where is the next village I'm trying to find a place that I I can leave her while I go on my journey oh she's horribly ill
0: bye (laughs) (laughs) that's not what happens we get a whole story after that it wasn't three pages got it yep
1: (laughs) the maternal Jessica McDonald everyone
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I am maternal I'm protecting my own child in this instance I don't understand what's not oh you're not talking about about the lady no i'm saying i'm gonna be like no bye you get away from my door you're not infecting my family (laughs) no i thought you were saying the lady was like bye and bounce (laughs) well but that also is what (laughs) happened
1: (laughs) yes so technically so she so the uh laura's father says you know why why doesn't she stay with us the nearest village isn't for miles and it you know, she'll, she'll be well taken care of here. So the lady is like, well, I must take you aside and whisper something very secret to you. And then decides, uh, it's just been, oh, woe is me. Very dramatic. And all of a sudden she kind of switches gears. And, um, and the, the girl in question is they can see that she's very lovely. Um, they can't see a whole lot of her. Uh, but the, Uh, finishing governess and and a couple people help her inside and get her to a room. Uh, She has a very soft pulse, but it's there, so they set her up and, you know, they call for a physician and everything. And the mother gets back on the road pretty quick, and um, Laura's very excited to go and see this uh, new person in the castle who seems to be a girl about her age. And I kind of messed up uh, on another thing, so I'll just...
0: I kind of thought you missed Edit the part, my but only thing. because we already did this.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just, it'll just come out differently now. Um,
0: but so. also, <laughs> can I just say really quick that the mom, I feel like she just did the ring over again and just passed off the videotape to someone else and was like, bye! <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised
1: based on what we will see later in this story. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if, the creator of the ring read Carmilla. Right. Because actually she also has the long dark hair. Um the f- I've showed you the picture already, but we'll post it to the the book cover of this particular audiobook. Also the audiobook was very good. It got a very good um voice actress. So oh, I think very nice. I think there was some character development that I was able to infer from her portrayal as well. Right. Which was nice when you're dealing with something that's so old. Um so uh, yeah, but there are a lot of things that, that kind of feel very ring-ish. <laughs> um, so she, uh, the mom leaves and Laura has to wait uh, to go and meet this new girl. When she does, uh, she goes up and she instantly recognizes the face. Because what Laura has already told us that I conveniently skipped over <laughs> is that when she was about six, she had a... Dream quote unquote of sorts, where she was sleeping and she woke up and there was a woman slash other girl in the room with her, and she uh, came up in into she kind of wandered around the room and eventually came into the bed with her and um, Laura's just kind of trying to go back to sleep but uh, in her dream she feels two uh, needles digging into her skin about, you know, just under her neck, kind of about collarbone area. And uh, and she screams, and the girl falls off the bed and kind of scuttles underneath it. And everyone comes running in, and she explains what happened, and everyone's, like, concerned, but also trying to say, you know, what an imagination you have. Um, that that must have been a very scary dream. They all look around. they No one can find anything. Um, but one of the kind of fun things that, this does, which is where I have fun with the gothic novels, um, is there's they really keep to a balance of being reasonable and having the um, superstition of the villages around where you have all of this kind of like paranormal activity going on. But there's also perfectly reasonable explanations. And so you really do live in between. You're never quite sure mm-hmm. um, what is happening one way or the other it just
0: reminds me of a meme that i saw this week where the child turned to the to the parent and was like can i please have a nightlight and the dad turns around and was like and give away your place with a beacon of light use some common sense (laughs) amazing (laughs) oh my lord (laughs) That's all I could think of. What do you say that
1: part that's, right now? That is amazing. That, well, it's better than what my grandma did to my dad. Um, what was it? It was like you're you're only afraid of the dark because the things you can't see in it. Yes, that's exactly why I'm afraid, <laughs> lady.
0: Please turn on a light. Give me a candle. I don't care if the house burns down. There's. There's a place
1: I got my dark sense of humor from. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, by the time I think her father is either away on a trip or it just takes him a while because, you know, there, there was a nurse who was uh, supposed to be watching Laura at this point in time when she is six. And um, by the time the dad comes in, he's laughing, he goes, oh, you know, that's that's just something your imagination stirred up the things we tell children to teach them about dreams so that they. So th- they're not can, terrified all the time. Right. So they, they can handle them and and learn. And um again, perfectly reasonable explanation by all accounts. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Until grown Laura, who is about nineteen, walks into this room and sees this girl and it's the girl from when she was six.
0: The girl of her dreams. <laughs> or nightmares depends on how we read this tomato tomato
1: it's fine and and this is one of my favorite parts so this girl sees her laura just struck dumb totally terrified doesn't know what to do and the girl looks at her and goes how wonderful i know you from a vision i had when i was six And she gives her whole side of the story where she just appeared in this room and she was looking around and then she saw this pretty little girl, Laura, and her looks are what won her. And so she climbed into bed until she screamed, which frightened her. And then she hid under the bed. And then when she came out, she was once again in her own room. And how, like, isn't this
0: fate that they've been brought together? The sparkly magic of gaslighting, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just...
1: And it just keeps happening. So they become bosom friends. They, they, they have sleepovers. They braid each other's hair. Laura really uh, loves. Uh, so this is our Carmilla. She really loves Carmilla's hair. It's dark brown. It's heavy. She likes to put her fingers under it and braid it and, and play with it. And um, Carmilla doesn't really talk a whole lot about herself. The only things she will say is that her name is Carmilla. She comes from a noble family um that's very old but she won't say like what their crest is or anything like that and that her home lies in the west
0: if anybody says they're from a noble home but refuses to say the crest they're a villain it's gonna be an issue later
1: yep i think this is one of the things where they got away with it because it was still new right actually and it's one of the things i do like about the writing even though even though it's of the time and it, and it has some of the older language, there's a lot of uh, imagery. It's just painted very well. And all of the conversations, even though they aren't quite the way we talk now,
0: are still the reaction and things people would still say today. Well, and we still get repeats of that kind of a thing where we, it might not be a family crest now, but it is like a lie about your last name. And then it turns out that's our antihero... Uh, I mean, you get Mad Men, and yep. he does not ever say his real name or where he came from or anything about that. And he's an antihero, and so it laid the ground for those other stories to come out, right? So, um, so yeah.
1: So, and Laura does get uh perturbed by this too. She, she, I would too. That's she fair. has a new best friend. She has a bosom friend. She wants to totally confide in her.
0: Also, I just want to say. She's not your best friend if she doesn't tell you anything. Right. It's Well, and she's kind of like the only close friend her own age she's been able to right. get.
1: But, but there there becomes an affection and an understanding. Um, and a love from friendship on Laura's part. It becomes clear it's a little bit more on Carmilla's part. Yeah. Um, so they they are becoming friends. And at one point they're walking the grounds. Carmilla never gets up before about one o'clock. She'll have a, a hot chocolate and then they'll walk around and they're walking through the grounds and there's a funeral going on for a, a peasant girl who has um, died in the village and they're going by and they're singing a hymn. So Laura joins in in the hymn and Carmilla starts kind of tugging on her sleeve and it's just like D- stop it stop you you pierce my ears she says with the hymn and she makes a whole big fuss out of it and um and laura tells her like well this girl you know they're they're talking about like ghosts or these umpire things and and she goes oh don't talk to me about ghosts i won't be able to
0: sleep tonight i know that laura could not have seen the omen because it hadn't come out yet (laughs) but for fuck's sake watch the omen laura it will help you when someone's acting out of the ordinary and you're doing a peaceful, kind, lovely gesture and they freak the fuck out, it's time to go.
1: Yep. No, she has a, a panic attack. I think you'll appreciate this. So Car- Carmilla starts to have a panic attack and she's like, sit here, hold my hand, hold it harder, harder. Oh God. <laughs> uh, she has this whole panic attack and at the end, she still has the throwaway line. That's what comes of singing hymns. <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> I, ju- I love her so much. Her everything is... It's just great. It no, really that's is. Fantastic. Um... So that happens. A little while later, there's a a hunchback with a, a pointed beard who can play the violin. He has a dog. He comes around with little trinkets. He has these little boxes of taxidermy-type animals. One's supposed to be, like, a mandrake, and the other's supposed to be, um... Oh, me. Nah, whatever. Um... But they're, they're these little things and they're cobbled together. And Laura's like, you know, it's entertaining. But we know that these are these kind of entertainer tricks kind of kind of thing. Because, right. again, they're a very reasonable, educated family. And so he ends up selling to them these little talismans that are supposed to help protect from bad spirits. And um, so he's doing that. And he also takes, once he sees that's in favor, the dog won't come near them, by the way. The dog's off howling this whole time. And
0: um, right, Sasha, listen (laughs) to the dog. Listen to the dog. Um, I mean, Sasha does only hate haters. She really only doesn't like probable serial killers. Got to say. So this guy, uh, he sees
1: another opening. He goes, you know, um, I also happen to be uh, instructed in the art of dentistry. And I, I noticed my lady has some pointed teeth that I guess must bring her some pain. And would you like me to file them down? Gotta say, that's fucked up, dude. Yep. Your tactic is whack. And then even says, oh, hey, oh, hey, have I offended the lady? Hey, did, did I say something wrong? And Carmilla is just like, in my father's uh, time, we, we he would have been flogged and sent on his way. How dare he? And so they move along I
0: know the point is Carmilla's reaction but can I just say that he's like the original peacocking asshole yeah like who just comes out and is like let me just point out your immediate flaw so I can gain something from it oh my god are you upset that I pointed out your immediate flaw oh that <laughs> yeah. hurt your feelings my bad would you like me to fix it <laughs> What? No, exactly. Like his whole part in there too.
1: I just, down to his description, the way he goes about everything. He's wearing like a belt with all sorts of things hanging off it. He is just this jack of all trades with all the
0: side hustles. And I'd like to say, characters like that and people like that make it harder to sort out the Carmillas and know that they're there. Right. Like
1: there's plenty of really cool characterizations that happen um that really make it you you even though it's hitting a lot of the things that we are cliche as fuck now one when this was new not as much dracula hadn't even come out right and uh two even though it's older than dracula it's still you still because of all of the other characters and everything else going on you're still like well but i see how this could turn out to not be because uh the other uh, gothic novel i was listening to is mysteries of udolpho was a terrible disappointment to me anything potentially supernatural was just explained away right away and this one does a nice way of keeping it balanced so that you totally understand why people overlook what they would overlook and we would overlook it today because it's ridiculous that's just in books it's just in fairy tales right that's, that's not real right and we've got, Carmilla. even says about the hymn. she's just like, well, how do you know my, my religion doesn't have these hymns and people die all the time and I don't see why we need to make such a fuss about it. Everyone's even happier when they do. Like, she has all these very interesting <laughs> opinions.
0: Fantastic. Good for her.
1: But she also gets to air them and, and have them heard out. No, absolutely. And Laura, for all, she's a little weirded out by some of the affection and... Um, and it is weird cuz Carmilla does go to that really emo place with with the way she expresses her feelings right. too. Um but for all that it's clear she cares about Carmilla very much. It's clear she does consider her a bosom friend and she wants her to confi- she wants Carmilla to confide in her and right. tell her everything. Which I think was also really interesting because there was so much of an understanding of young women even down to like the the slumber party bits. I was just like were you invited to some? I just like you he really had it down. We had some
0: sisters, and he understood what they were doing.
1: Yeah, because there there really was even even to the different interactions. I'm like, that's either something I've seen with with my friends who are LGBTQ or who I've heard stories of. like there was still a way that it, it all read as like actual interactions. right. Um They're not all vampires. They are all fabulous. (laughs) Um, So. So let's see, we're at the hunchback. Um, Carmilla ends up disappearing for a little bit and they find her again, but they're trying to figure out uh, how she could have gotten out of the room when it's still locked from the inside. Uh, And then the father comes down and, and he's like, I've got it. You were sleepwalking. It's a natural, reasonable thing. Let's do this. And that way we don't wander off and sleepwalk. Everything always has a reasonable explanation. Right. Laura, however, starts to have these dreams. She has a dream of this big black cat-like thing, to and froing, that then turns into the figure of a lady and leaves the room. And at first she thinks maybe Carmilla's playing a trick on her. But when she goes to the door in the morning, it's locked from the inside okay um when she goes down her finishing governess tells her that uh the gardener has told them the lime grove that is just outside of carmilla's window is haunted because he's seen a woman figure going through and um and laura says don't let carmilla know she's terribly afraid of
0: ghosts right because
1: laura is a good fucking friend Ride or die right there. <laughs> right there. She's like, I mean, her actual words are she's even more of a coward than I am. But still, like, she she said, hey, she told me she doesn't like ghosts. Don't tell her this ghost story. Th- there is an actual friendship for Laura in, in there. Right. Like, she, she genuinely cares about this person. No, of course. Which makes it very compelling for me when I'm reading it. It's not just like, oh, and then she was put under a hypnosis spell. She gets they get to have a friendship. They get to become very fond of each other. Um she also has a dream where she sees a girl who is in a white gown but covered in blood from her chin. Nice. And she freaks out and thinks that Carmilla is being murdered
0: and so she goes to run and try to save her friend. Oh no. Which is which so- also yes, run and try to save your friend yeah. but also pick good friends. <laughs> Just a thought. It's just a thought.
1: <laughs> um so actually that's when I, I jumped ahead a little bit, but that's when Carmilla goes missing because it all ties hand in hand and we get to see how distraught Laura is, and that's how we know she genuinely cares about Carmilla as a person. Um some time goes by, uh the general comes up and and is like, you know, I need to talk to you guys, and why don't you meet me at these ruins at um the old Constine family. So the, you know what, pin in that, they've got a date for that. Um, the father has some pictures come back from the picture cleaner. And there's one portrait in particular that looks exactly like Carmilla. Okay. And these portraits come from Laura's mother's side, who are Hungarian. And they say, um, uh, uh, so she sees the portrait and she's like, it looks just like you, Carmilla, even down to like the mole on your throat. I feel like that's a very commonplace theme. Right. Especially this time. Like you didn't you weren't Facebook. Stalking, you had portraits.
0: Right, and I I feel like that came about a, a lot and still does and has forever. As because soon as the they figured way, out how to do a portrait, it was happening.
1: Because also the way they explain it away in this is she goes, oh, so it's it says um, Countess mirkala Konstein," and I know my mother had a connection somewhere in the family line to the Konsteins, and Carmilla goes, oh, me too. <laughs> right. That's kind of becoming laura says she has the bad dreams and it's like oh before laura can even say oh i had this horrible dream you know it helped that charm from the hunchback so then laura starts to use the charm and then she goes oh it worked and then carmel is like no it's just bad spirits aren't gonna come around for this that all of a sudden she has a handy explanation right for it. again gaslighting extraordinaire it's just really cool to see it done right when first of all when it happens in real life no one will own it right because that's gaslighting. You don't right. own it, um, but it can happen so much, and, and people won't see it or accept that it happens in real life. And then when you see it in TV and movies, sometimes it's done well. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's it's not. This was being done 26 years before Dracula, right? Just it, it's really cool to to read and get that, and it also helps with you seeing why we reasonably think she is not one of these umpires from the. village um so now we're we're meeting up with the general and laura and her father meet with the general in a carriage carmilla is coming along with the finishing governess in a separate carriage they're going to go to the ruins of the constein family where countess mirkala Konstein is from and um uh, they're, they're going to have a picnic and stuff. So while they're on the way, the general starts to tell them about like, well, let me tell you what happened with our daughter. We were at this masked ball. We ran into this woman who kept saying she was an old friend of mine and I'm trying to place her. Meanwhile, her daughter is getting along with my daughter like birds of a feather, peas in a pod. And... um and this thing comes up some espionage type thing and she has to go but she can't take her daughter so I agree because the the lady has just kept repeating over and over how much old friends they are and how much she knows about him and esteems about him and so he's just like we must be I am just blanking and you're in a mask right and so she leaves her daughter I think Marcella uh, with his daughter who's already like can she come over I love her so much we're besties and so um, they stay over uh, but her his daughter starts to get sick um, she has dreams of things and she feels two pinpricks, and she's got this sensation of running cold water over her chest and lo and behold Laura's been getting sick she's been Kind of wasting and lingering and she's been having this thing, and supposedly so is Carmilla. And
0: supposedly,
1: <laughs> you gaslighting bitch. So, so we're we're starting to see parallels here. We got a mysterious mom, an espionage, a daughter uh, with a lot of the same letters as the other name, who is also very pretty and persuasive, and a great right. friend. And, uh, and he says, you know, my daughter faded away and just before his daughter fully dies, he happened upon the young, uh, Marcella attached to her and he tried to take a swing and she was able to block it with like extra human strength and ran off his daughter wasted away, but he knows it's in connection to this woman, um, uh, that he led into his home. Right. And he says, we've tracked her down this. We, we've got, uh. I want to say Monrovian, but that's not right. We, we have a, a kind of exotic prince person who came to the ruins, and uh, we learned this story with the general where he came to these ruins of the Constines because this was great vampire ground, and it was a good place where if you left a body, chances were it was going to turn into a vampire. And this guy... Um, Uh, got rid of a vampire for the village because when the vampire got up he left its linens and left and so he grabbed the linens and went up to this tower and when the vampire came back he wanted the linens. he's like oh come get them and then when the vampire went up to go get the linens (laughs) he in one stroke he clove his skull in twain i no more vampire and they do the, the whole thing that we see now where I'm like, okay, of all the vampires... Like, everyone says you're supposed to cut off their head and then burn the body and do all this stuff. I'm like, where does that come from? Carmilla is where it comes from. The, this right. novel is where all that comes from. So um, so they figured all of this out and and the general is saying, like... Uh, So uh, we know this. We know that he moved this Countess Mirkala's body. But I think that's the vampire that came for my daughter. So we're trying to find her. And just as all of this gets settled, Carmilla and the finishing governess happen upon. The general sees Carmilla. Carmilla sees the general. Mm -hmm. And there's a mini fight. And Carmilla ends up taking off the general totally points I was gonna say fingers her that's too much of a connotation
0: she's not gonna let that happen with (laughs) him
1: um he he points her out and it's like that's the girl um the rest of what happens Laura learns later from a report okay uh but Carmilla disappears they end up tracking her down they find the uh resting place of Countess Miracala Miracala Marcella Carmilla they all have the same it's just an anagram of all the different names um, so this is also a con she's been doing too, which I thought was a really cool aspect. It's like, who's the lady in Black Velvet who keeps dropping you places when you're done? Like Maybe
0: her actual mom. Maybe. And she just takes her off, lets her go play for a while, and she goes off and seduces and ruins people her own way, and then they carry on. Maybe. Well, I'm going to get to a part that might, might
1: put a little bit of a wrench there, but I do want to know... Yeah, I'm we're almost done. Okay. Um, I do want to know like where this lady comes from. Anyhow, they find uh her resting place, they open the casket, it's full of blood, she blahs out, they stake her in the heart, cut off the head, burn everything, um, and Carmilla is no more, and all of the deaths stop happening and everything else. Um, and then we're just left with Laura who is like, But sometimes I feel like I still hear her voice or the step of her foot and some of this might be the uh, the voice actor who did it um but one of the things I liked about the ending was it was still creepy it was still she's clearly haunted by the whole thing I felt that I could see she was also still missing her friend because they did form even though Carmilla wanted more they did form a very close friendship um but again, that might have been some of the voice actress putting it probably some of was that some into Some of the it.
0: inflection that was done—I'm sure some of it was in the source—and it does sound like a very compelling story that could be done very well differently. And now it would, right. In could modern totally times, be- you could remake it, and it would be very well done. It is absolutely a story about a predatory lesbian, right? That's. Three thousand percent, what it is, right? It could, though, be re-explored now in this day and age in a way that makes it less creepy and even better, and not Twilight.
1: <laughs> right. I I would love. I mean, even as I was listening to it, there were some scenes. That I'm like, if we could just do this scene, it would be so mm. much fun. Like maybe a side project for us at some point. Yeah. Um, I would love to see it updated and adapted because. I think it would take the smallest thing to put everything, like if we saw Laura with a lady at the end. Right. Like I mean, you could probably even totally update it and make it a little more like modern times, too, like in modern clothing and setting.
0: Well, well I mean, even maybe if you wanted entirely, to follow more of the Gentleman Jack area, yes, yeah. which I know you haven't watched it yet or anything, but it it does play with the idea of a lady who knows she's supposed to find a husband falling for another woman who knows who she is and will not take no for an answer in that part. It plays with that in a way that's much more modern feeling and it's still historically accurate. So all of that's there. So I do think it could be updated and still kept in the same time and maybe keep that same feeling that Gentleman Jack found. And
1: I would like that. I think I think just the littlest tweak and you'd still be able to keep everything and I do think for the character development it's worth updating updating
0: cuz also they could fall they could fall somewhat in love mm-hmm. and it, even a tryst or something where right. it seems like it's going in the direction of long-term love and then have Laura turn around and be like but you killed all these people and me L- like right she was that that was the other part it's like okay this person who I thought you was my all these friend and you also abused me. Yep. And that would be really interesting. And now we have updated things now with like, I would even think of like, I know it's a mother and daughter, so it's a little bit different, but it kind of speaks to the gypsy Rose story in me where yeah. it's like, Oh, well you've been poisoning me since I was a young child and I know you love me and I love you, but also fuck you. Right. Right. I think there's a lot that can be explored in there. There's Um, plenty to play with there.
1: Yeah. However, we must (laughs) go. Um, Yeah. Um, Find us on the socials. For sure um you can help us repel gremlins by supporting patreon we have lots of extra content it's a subscription service there are different tiers um but please check it out please rate review and subscribe you so will we can also find get prizes people. for yes.
0: for following the patreon at least for now this is limited limited offer yes we have these cute little um
1: sachets you can see them on our instagram they have little handmade will-o'-the-wisps our first five patreon subscribers um will get a bag and and that's it the
0: first come first serve yeah um,
1: all the other socials is fairytale menagerie fairytale menage one on twitter and fairytale menage
0: yeah. at gmail.com yep and then for me Mick Jess sandwich um and also I'm on the sympathetic monsters podcast on the that's good pod network which is fun that's a political podcast with a feminist twist and that's about it so yeah. say happy birthday to us bye <laughs> bye